Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is Steve Hill, Commercial Director of Auticon UK, which is a multinational IT consultancy exclusively employing autistic adults as IT consultants. Wow. So welcome, Steve. It's great to have you on the show today. Wonderful. Thanks, Karen. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Wow. What an inspirational company. So how did they first get involved with this program and and, and employ autistic individuals? So we're a relatively new company, um, comparatively. We, we were founded in 2011 uh, in Germany, actually. And the founder's son was on the uh, Asperger's um, spectrum. And the, the founder really kind of uh, f- was disappointed at the level of employment opportunities uh, connected with his son. And it kind of went from there, really, um, in, in quite a, an aggressive timeline. But, but fundamentally, we're a social enterprise, not a charity. Yeah. So it's, you know, the, the whole business is founded on the principle of the social mission, which is really about trying to provide long-term career opportunities and trajectories for neurodiverse adults. You see, what's interesting is, and I'm not sure how up-to-date statistics are, but it's more prevalent in boys than girls, I believe, and only 21% of autistic individuals are actually in employment that's really low isn't it they're frighteningly frightening statistics yeah exactly i mean firstly to your first point um diagnosis tends to be three to one male to female um i guess traditionally based on diagnosis being more geared towards male traits uh, than, than females and um, so a lot of females went undiagnosed for, for a long time but this is obviously changing um, in terms of the employment stats I mean it is it is quite um, quite disheartening really because yeah. about 16% of adults on the autism spectrum are in employment and when, when we sort of say in employment that can actually mean they're underemployed so they're maybe yeah. doing uh, jobs or in roles that aren't comparative to their skills or their training um, in terms of you know their educational background or indeed their aspirations for what they want to be doing and can do. Yeah and that's detrimental to them isn't it it's going to have an effect on them even further because they'll be unhappy in a role knowing that they can do so much more. Well exactly and I think you know the, some of the consultants that we have have had um you know, challenging backstories, really, yeah. in terms of not only it it taking a, a long time for them to be diagnosed, but actually listening to some of the roles that they've performed in their in their kind of previous careers before starting Autocon, where they were, you know, doing a variety of, of roles that, um, you know, weren't necessarily correlated to their skills, you know, working in call centres or factory production lines or, you know, fast food restaurants. And, and actually the, the experiences that many of them have had in the workplace in terms of, I just, you know, just the isolation, bullying, being yeah. constantly, uh, you know, f- feeling like that they don't fit in because, yeah. you know, one of the traits of autism, as, as you may be aware, is there is a, 
I guess, a, a, a lack of social skills. Yeah. And so for that reason, you know, a lot of um, autistic adults, when they're going through a typical recruitment process and, you know, we're all familiar with it and, and it goes, you know, daunting to anybody, isn't it? Well, exactly. It goes, you know, pretty much along the lines of, of getting a, a telephone interview followed by a face to face interview or in COVID times, you know, a, a video interview. But, you know, the, the social skills required to be good in an interview situation, you know, does not correlate to how well that individual can perform a task. Yeah. But it's predisposed in terms of being you know, prejudging that person's skill level based on their ability to communicate, which is, is totally wrong. Yeah. So for our listeners, because I know there can be um, a, a misunderstanding, what actually is autism? I know it's probably a hard question to answer because there's, you know, people can be on certain stages of that spectrum, if you like, in inverted commas, but what actually is it? So, I mean, so we, we have our own spin on this, but I'll, I'll give you the, the kind of um, the definition first. But so autism, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong neurodevelopmental condition and it occurs from, from birth and, and impacts on an individual's social interactions and communications with some cognitive differences. So all autistic adults um, are, are different uh, in, in terms of, you know, coming back to that idea of the spectrum. We tend to relate to it um, at Autocon as it being a process. It, it isn't a processing error. It's a different operating system. Right. So, you know, in terms of um, the, the kind of numbers, I mean, there's roughly 1% of the adult population um, with autism taking into account, you know, diagnosis rates are steadily increasing. So, you know, that, that number does fluctuate, but it roughly affects between 700 to 1.5 million people in the UK. Wow. And the thing is, because the population is so high, people might think, well, that's not many, but that's a lot of people to feel like they have been doing or maybe get misdiagnosed or getting diagnosed later in life sort of thing and, you know, not being able to address or get any help for themselves. But this is a fantastic company. So how many employees do you have at Auticon and what percentage are um, of autistic nature? So we're a global company. We're, we're in nine countries, including wow. the US, Canada, Australia, uh, Germany, Switzerland, France, Italy, UK. And I'm sure I've missed one out. Um, <laughs> but, but fundamentally across uh, you know, the, the globe currently, we've got about 300 employees, 200 of which are our consultants so they are autistic uh, adults yeah so you've got some really huge concerns like Zurich Johnson Johnson NatWest and Channel 4 to name just you know but a few but so what sort of response have you had from clients working with your IT consultants so I, maybe if I if I ask that in two ways Karen um I guess the the, the first part of that is that we always we always describe the um the interaction with Autocon as a journey. So think of it very much like learning to swim uh, in some ways. So you know, we do and can provide training, so awareness training around you know, autism and what that means in the workplace. Um, and I guess you know, that, that is a bit like reading a book in terms of trying to learn to swim. It's great you know, in, in terms of theory, 
but there's nothing like getting your feet wet. And we compare that to our live experience, which is effectively providing one of our consultants to augment uh, an internal uh, team. We, we focus primarily on cybersecurity, uh, all things data, so data analysis, uh, data science, and also quality and software engineering. So we've got kind of three main areas of engagement. And obviously, from our perspective, we we are fulfilling what is effectively a, a, a real um, uh, increase in, in demand and an undersupply. And we're tapping into a rich seam of gold with you know, our consultants who are formidable um, talent with extremely, um, you know, um, unbelievable in some instances, cognitive abilities, which obviously lend themselves very specifically to the areas that I just mentioned. So for that reason, you know, we are we are growing uh, exponentially, obviously kind of pre-COVID, we, we've, all businesses were affected during COVID times, but I think most businesses are starting to see a bit of resurgence and, and we certainly are. Um, so that live experience is, is very much, I guess, a live real-time case study for our clients to experience the benefits of an autistic or neurodiverse adult within their teams. And then the third area is, is really about um, advisory services. So we're not trying to put ourselves out of business, but ultimately coming back to our social mission, um, what we want to do is to be able to you know, take that positive experience of our clients working with our consultants and Autocon, and then actually look at the processes that they have from an HR perspective and really sort of do away and, and try to work with that un un unconscious ignorance of you know, things like constructing you know, job adverts or job descriptions. Because for example, and it, it is a bit of a silly example perhaps, but you know, if, 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 if a company writes a job description requiring sort of five years Python experience, for example, and a neurodiverse adult reads that job description or job advert and has four years, uh, 11 months and 29 days, they may not apply for it because, yeah. you know, they tend to be quite literal. Yeah. And so it's about, you know, looking at the, the very start of the process, but also looking at, you know, the, like we said a few moments ago, the interview process and turning that much more into a meet and greet and looking at really what the consultant can do yeah. and should, you know and maybe should be doing for that organization as opposed to you know what they've done in the past so yes there's a benchmark but it's about trying to encourage that process to really tease out um very factually unambiguous questions that neurodiverse adults will find it a lot easier to answer rather than you know describe where you see yourself in five years time a neurodiverse adult might say uh, i don't know you know yeah, describe exactly. why you, you, why you yeah describe what you um why you're attracted to this company uh, and this job because i wanted i need a job yeah you know you'll get very different answers yeah. which doesn't they don't readily sit well with the traditional interview process no I think it's absolutely amazing what your company's doing, what Autocon is, Autocon is doing. So for our listeners uh, for and for anyone out there who has a son or daughter or they themselves have autism, what qualifications or documentation would be required, you know, to apply for a role within Autocon? So 
95% of our consultants currently have a, a STEM-based degree. Um, I guess, you know, not that this is an entry requirement, but uh, more than half of our consultants have a postgraduate degree and you know, about 15% have a PhD. And, and that's, again, that's not an entry requirement. But I guess, you know, from the type of work that we're doing around data analysis and data science, machine learning, you know, a computer science degree um, normally is the, the kind of path into that career for you know, both neurotypical and neurodiverse uh, adults. I think when it comes to, you know, more specific training, you know, we, we work with all of the current and emerging uh, programming languages and, and software packages, you know, so Python is a, a, a classic uh, requirement. For, for, for us, where we're at um, as a business is that we, we provide job coaches. And so, you know, that's a, a massive, massive benefit, not only to the consultant, but also to our clients as well, because the job coaches role and they have a, you know, a, a reasonably diverse background, but they all have a, a kind of a basis in clinical psychology. And so from that perspective, they really do offer that tailored management um, relationship with both the consultant and the client. And so, you know, quite often, you know, clients think that it's for the benefit of um for, for you know for them but actually it's normally for the benefit of the consultant in in respect of they're so eager to please and so very keen to impress that quite often with you know without sort of um without the job coaches they may well skip meals they may you know reduce the amount of sleep they're taking and you know within three months they they can hit a, a burnout brick oh, wall, which yeah. is no good for anyone no. so really it's about you know, making the, the the small adjustments to make sure that consultant can can ramp up into the project, um, and also you know again in, in sort of pre-COVID times we would do a workplace assessment. So you know, making sure that the consultants you know and and the tailored to their individual needs, of course. But you know, quite quite a few of our consultants have um, hypersensory. Um, uh, kind of needs in, in the sense of, don't, you know, does anyone really want to be put next to a, a busy thoroughfare in an office, but actually for a neurodiverse individual, that can be really quite um, magnified in terms of noise and, and traffic yeah. and, and interruptions and that sort of thing. But actually, some of the minor adjustments that we make in, in the kind of um, in the workplace are probably best practice for for everyone really yeah. a lot of our consultants you know may find having noise cancelling headphones a real advantage some are super sensitive to light and so wear you know particular glasses it's that type of thing but the job coach function really does act as a bridge between the consultant and the client not only to make sure that all of the the kind of projects are, are running as they should but also to you know to manage any sort of communication issues or you know meeting expectations uh, so for example you know if a consultant is asked to join a meeting which you know often they do it's just about um, setting the expectation of the requirement for, for our consultant when attending that meeting. So, you know, yeah. is making sure there's an agenda, making sure that if uh, you know, our consultant is, is asked to comment, that they that they have a degree of preparation time as to what they're going to be asked to comment on. It's just best practice um, for, for in many oh, instances. Yeah. And so that that function really is one of our huge, huge differentiators. And actually, that's probably the, the key to our success is that job coach function.
That's amazing. So what about um, documentation? Do they need like a, a doctor certificate or, I mean, you don't want anyone applying just saying they are, you know, to be employed as such. Is there anything like that that's required? Exactly. That's a great point, actually, Karen. And, and yes, I mean, we are the world's largest ex, you know, employer of um, diagnosed neurodiverse adults. And for that reason, we do have to have a, a medical diagnosis, either from a GP or a specialist, to confirm that, um, that that particular individual has been classified as having autism. Yeah. And can it take quite some time, though, like we've mentioned earlier, you know, to get that diagnosis? Because anyone that may be listening, thinking, well, I know I am, I'm going through test at the moment sort of thing. Would, would that kind of count as such? It, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a disadvantage in many ways. I mean, we, we, we absolutely maintain dialogue with, you know, a, a big ecosystem, really. I mean, certainly in terms of parents, what we try and do is become... Uh, a, a trusted partner to that ecosystem, whether it be kind of universities, whether it be parents, and parents is a, is a, is a big community for us. And we, we try, as I say, and act as that trusted partner. So whilst it may not be possible for us to take on, you know, absolutely everyone that kind of graduates from uh, from university or, or, you know, even pre-university, what we try and do is to offer guidance in terms of the, the career path that may allow us to then actually have that more specific conversation about roles that we have available. I mean, we are a traditional IT consultancy focusing in the IT world at the moment. That's not to say in the future, we might not branch out into other areas, commercial areas outside of you know, data and IT and, and all things cybersecurity, uh, more into the arts possibly. But at the moment we, we, we are, an IT consultancy that offer, offers, you know, our consultants roles, typically three months minimum and, and up to maybe in some cases two years. We've got clients that have our consultants on, on site for two years. But actually what we want to be able to do is to, you know, coming back to our social mission, offer those long-term career progression and trajectory. So we do have training. We do have that um that performance uh, and career growth plan for each of our consultants, which we've spent a lot of time very recently really hardening and crispening so that we can actually lay the foundations for maybe more junior, uh, less commercially experienced consultants coming on board in the future that then have that kind of designated career path mapped out. Not to say that they, they must all you know, aspire to be senior consultants, but the opportunities there and it's a well-managed and a well-documented path to be able to show that career path going forward. Definitely, whether it's three months, two years, that experience is second to none, isn't it? Exactly. And actually, we, we've had instances of consultants leaving us. And so and that's not a bad thing either, because, you know, we, we offer that kind of critical point in their career and the benefits of the job coaches that I mentioned actually becomes a, a such a positive yeah. that the individual consultants then feel able um, and, and well sort of practiced in, and experienced to be able to go and actually look at opportunities in the commercial world by themselves. Um, and, and we've had some great success stories of, of consultants actually doing that. 
and being very proud of their diagnosis and actually, you know, flying the flag for, you know, autism in the workplace and becoming, you know, an evangelist and, you know, a, a campaigner for neurodiversity in the workplace, which is yeah. fantastic. It must be so rewarding, like you said, so rewarding for all individuals, really, at the company. And to think that you've helped somebody climb a ladder somewhere, whatever they choose to do once they've left Auticon. It's an amazing feeling, Karen, honestly. And I think the, the biggest challenge that we see in, in the workplace is still about around disclosure. I mean, you know, the whole topic of neurodiversity maybe does play second fiddle. It's gaining in popularity, but it does play second fiddle for the most part to, to gender and race in the workplace. And so, you know, it, it is a journey and it is a journey to encourage and work with employers to be become much more neurodiverse aware and neurodiverse accepting but equally for the, for the individuals um, that we we're talking about here it's, it's actually providing a, a safe environment for them to feel like they can disclose their autism and not to be penalized to as a result and mask it yeah and then makes things exactly 10 times worse for them doesn't it so what i love about it is Obviously, I know you say that a, a lot of um, employees have to have a degree to a certain extent or, or certain qualifications, but there are still great paths to take, you know, for non-academic individuals, isn't there, including neurodiverse individuals. And you yourself started off at university and took a different path, didn't you? Tell us about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess my career has been a little bit off-piste, shall we say, but... Um, Always makes I guess, it interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm maybe um, not, not a... I didn't follow a typical path. I started off on a, on a typical path, but, but fundamentally, you know, opportunities came along and I was very much of the mindset of... And from a very young age, actually, that you do only live once. This isn't a dress rehearsal without sprinkling too many cliches into what I'm saying, but fundamentally... <laughs> it's true. You know... I, I got offered a, a, a role at a, after my first year at university that I would never have considered. I mean, it was just right place, right time, um, which changed the complete course of uh, and direction of my career, which was just fantastic at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows what have happened? What would have happened if I'd have stayed at university and carried on? But you know, you can't you can't look at it that way. You know, you could have been I could have been at university, crossed the street, and got you know knocked down by a bus. You, yeah. you have no you idea. Don't what, know. What... You never know, do you? What the parallel world would have been? Exactly, exactly. But you know, my my, my career has been sort of peppered with starting and, and selling several businesses, and I've worked in in big tech uh, as well. Most recently, uh, the technology division of, of McLaren, um, Formula One, and automotive. Um, fame and you wow. know that I mean, so that's exciting in itself isn't it I was trying to think of some of the um famous drivers like Jensen Button and Lewis Hamilton they were with McLaren weren't they or still are I'm not that great on <laughs> motor racing <laughs> but I know you, you've got a love of it haven't you absolutely yeah I mean Lewis Hamilton has uh, sadly moved on uh, from from McLaren to, yeah. to Mercedes but um we've got some great drivers in, in Lando Norris and um Daniel Ricciardo at the moment so they're, they're doing some great things and and getting some podiums which is fantastic but I think you know the, the common theme in my career Karen has always been just to to take the risk um and and not not be not be shy if something doesn't work out actually yeah and and what's kind of quite nice is that a, a few years ago I, I did get to know of Auticon um because my youngest son is 
dyslexic and when he was much younger he was very he he struggled obviously with reading but he also struggled with the, the kind of the mental kind of block associated with it in terms yeah. of having to read it out loud in front of people in class and and that type of thing so you know we actually came up with a, a kind of just a, a bit of a fun method to try and help him with that and that was you know creating stories and getting his input in characters and they were all based on family members or you know friends and, and that kind of stuff but it actually it, it actually did um gave him an attraction yeah. and you know we, we actually ended up creating a series of, of, of audio books which um we're about to launch and obviously Brilliant. Richard Branson is is famously dyslexic and so yeah. I kind of got to know um Autocon, as I said sort of from from the sidelines really and it really did pique my interest in neurodiversity as, as an entire subject. And when you've got some, you know, a, a very close personal story, um, albeit not necessarily aligned with autism, but you, you very you quickly relate, relate to, yeah. you know, issues around neurodiversity as a, as a subject. And so for me, it felt like it, it, everything sort of come full circle. Now being at Otacon, now, you know, being a published author of children's stories that were inspired by my son. And it just feels like a, a very natural path to have been on. And I think we all we all want to to kind of find that thing that gives us that that ultimate kind of um, or provides that flow state, actually, on a, on a kind of a daily basis. You know, that being in the zone, that energized focus, being fully present and enjoying that process. I mean, I think we, we many of us might remember that famous um, speech that Steve Jobs made, made at Stanford University about yeah. when he started talking to the graduates about, you know, the fact that work is going to fill a large part of your life and the only way to do a great, you know, great job or to do great work is to love what you do. And but again, do, then it's not it, work, it, is it? It might sound exactly, exactly that. If it's not, if it doesn't feel like work, you're going to be fully present and you're going to bring your entire self to that activity. Okay. And so I, I just feel that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us, you know, are lucky and, and, and we do, but a lot of us aren't. And we, we kind of get stuck on that kind of track. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's that kind of reason for being. The Japanese have got a, a kind of a, a theory called ikigai, which is, and it means a reason for being. And it's about having a direction or purpose in life and provides, you know, something that provides that sense of fulfillment, as well as recognizing that um, you need to get paid for it. You know, you, you need to be good at it. You like it. And actually the world needs it. And the overlap of those, you know, four or five things actually gives you your your purpose and I think you know I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that you know all of the choices I've made not not all all of them have worked out as, as I thought but that doesn't matter you know where you end up being is is actually following that ultimate path and if you're lucky enough to find something that has that social purpose uh, and and you're actually helping other people that is amazingly fulfilling. And what I love about the last 12 months uh, is that the positive that's come out of it, lots of people were furloughed or lost their roles, which is devastating. But I've met such a lot of people that have turned that around, gone for their dreams and, you know, created their own empire, if you like, and made a real success out of it. So it's it, there's a few positives that have come out of that. And a lot of people are pretty much mirroring what you've just said because they're in a job they love. They never thought they'd be able to do it because their work was holding them down or they weren't doing what they love and, and now they are. 
So tell us about um, Richard Branson and his involvement. So Richard Branson uh, became one of our uh, kind of primary investors, actually, back in October 2016. And I mean, we, we've benefited hugely from, you know, Richard and uh, Virgin Group's uh, involvement. And we actually have an advisory board of which um, uh, Virgin have a, have a place on that advisory board, um, which, which really acts as uh, not just a board of investors or, or a company board, but actually sleeves rolled up. How can we help Autocon, you know, grow and fulfill its social mission, both in the UK and, and globally? So they're very invested um, by actually, you know, working on the day to day. And, and each of our kind of advisory board members have got, you know, very different skills and talents and, and you know, successful backstories in their own right and I think you know what, what's great about Richard Branson is that he does have he does have that um that that kudos of starting his his business from from nothing and he's he's failed very publicly um and he's also succeeded very publicly and you know most recently you know only a, a week or so ago you know he he was the first person to you know out of the, the billionaire space. space race to yeah. actually get up there and look down at, at earth which again is a very humbling experience i mean he richard branson himself has described um Watercon as one of the three most companies he most admires you know publicly and so for us that's just a great testimony to to underwrite our uh, our social mission and and really give validation and proof that we're, we're doing something meaningful Definitely. And I think what's wonderful about Richard Branson and, and many other people in a similar role that have publicly failed and then, you know, brushed themselves down and carried on and started again is a great encouragement, isn't it, to others who might not have that courage to to do that and think, right, OK, that didn't work. What can I do different? I think it's just such an inspiration to, to everybody. Absolutely. And failure gets a bad rap because failure doesn't does. necessarily mean, you know, it, it shouldn't be taken as a negative. It's, you know, and a learning again, curve, isn't it? it is, it is exactly that. It's, it's a learning based experience, which pushes you closer to your goal. Definitely. Oh, Steve, it's been so lovely talking to you today. It's such an interesting subject. Fantastic company. I think it's wonderful what everyone's doing. And again, for our listeners, if anybody has any questions or wants to get in touch, maybe they've seen careers on your website, just remind us what the details are and how can they, they can get in contact with you. So uh, you can find out a lot more about us on autocon.co.uk, uh, but feel free to email me directly. I'd be very happy to, to strike up a dialogue over email, steve.hill at autocon.co.uk. Fabulous. And how about social media pages? What social media um, handles are you using? So we've got we've got a great presence on on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, all the social media platforms. But um, we can certainly uh, provide some details. Brilliant. Well, I wish you all the best. I'm sure you'll be growing even bigger, and I look forward to hearing more about Autocon in the future. Wonderful. Thanks for having me, Karen. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to carolindakelly at btinternet.com. <laughs>